Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are underway on a Saturday from the fair. It's Tech Talk. Uh, Saturdays, sports schedules permitting. Doug Swinhart joins us and we talk computers, hardware, software, whatever. Uh, we had an abbreviated show because we had our purple halftime show uh, with Joe and Henry. And today, no football. And here we are at the fair, and we should throw those numbers out for you. Uh, 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. If you want to talk to Doug, if you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, and if you want to talk to Doug here at the fair, I'll bring a mic to you so you can come up to the railing here and uh, say hello to Doug as well. Doug, uh, I hope you've been well. Good to see you here at the fair. Been really busy. Um, the update from Microsoft that came out in May has wreaked some havoc with some cu- with some computers. Alright, so it's a Windows 10 update? It is. And Microsoft now is on a trek to send out a complete build every six months. And that's going to be interesting to try to keep up with this. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes they don't go smoothly, as you found out, and we've had a lot of calls over this over the years. Uh, Run people through what's a good time to accept an update. How do you go about doing it to make sure it does go smoothly? You know, know, the new one, the new build now, finally has responded to customers asking them to please allow them to have better control over the updates. So you can actually shut it down and put up a specific date and time when they'll come in but i think the most important thing is to jump underneath your your upgrades and set up your settings so you only get your updates straight from microsoft and not some other computer that's just being shared openly which is comes as a part of windows 10 and i don't completely agree with that but apparently that's what's i think causing part of the problems if we're getting updates from who knows where some computer that just happens to have some extra bandwidth that's that can't be a good thing. It just can't. Yeah, that doesn't seem right to me. Is is it a good idea to shut these updates off so you manage when your computer looks for updates? With Windows 10, it's really a chore to uh. completely disable updates. Um, Microsoft is taking the stance that this is all for security. I am not quite so certain that's completely true. Uh, it, it's a uh, borderline invasive, in my opinion. But if you get them shut off, then you got to think, well, what's going to happen when they... I think they're actually going to be building in an, an expiration into them once they get this biannual upgrade coming out. It's It should be interesting. Doug's joining us at the Fair It Is Tech Talk. Uh, speaking of updates, Windows 7, we've talked about it before. Uh, should people shut updates off in Windows 7? Absolutely. I, I would shut them all off, and I would get a, 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 a commercial antivirus... Uh, malware bytes, ESET. In other uh, words, pay. Yeah. Um, well, and for that money per year, you'll be light years ahead. But sometime in the next month or two, I would completely cut the cord 
uh, anything Microsoft. Even get rid of Office and download the Bray and just have a freestanding system. You should be just fine. All right, Windows 8, where does that stand? I think I put that in the same category as 7. Um, I repaired several Windows 8 machines over the last week or so, and well, should I update to 10? And I, I wouldn't. I, I didn't on either one of them. So, yeah, I'd keep it right there. Maintain control of your equipment. All right, but Windows 10, be aware if you're having problems. What should people do if their computer is acting problematic on those updates? Where, where do people turn? Where do they go? Yeah, you know, the weird thing is, Steve, we talked about that old program I used called GWX Control Panel. Sure. And that was actually designed for Windows 7 and Windows 8, so you could actually install this, a free program, and it would prevent Windows 10 from just automatically forcing you to upgrade to 10. Uh, I actually use that to clean the cache cleaner. It's just slick. Uh, A lady come in, her computer took almost 12 minutes to, to boot Windows 10, and I ran that cleaner. It took almost that long to clean it. Once it got done, back down to a minute and a half with no other hardware changes, so... That's um that's probably your best bet. GWX control panel. And it's just GWX control, all one word, panel. Run a search and you'll find it. It's still available. Our phone number on the program and our text number, same thing. Easy to remember. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. We're at the fair live until 2 o'clock today. We invite you to... Give us a call or send us a text if you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever. And we should remember, even though it's a cool, comfortable day, you still need water, you need to hydrate. We invite you to stop by and take advantage of the free Connecticut water. Uh, Once again, you can fill up your water bottle or have a cup. Stop by and see us here at the fair. And a big thanks to Connecticut. And do you have a question, sir, uh, for Doug? Uh, we, we should at least get your name. Uh, your name, sir, where are you from? Tom Seifer from Lake Elmo. All right, Tom, what do you got for Doug? We've got some photographs that we transfer from our iPad to Windows, the photo app. And you can go into the photo app and it opens just fine. There's an album we created in there just fine. But we're trying to upload them to uh, Shutterfly. Shutterfly has you go and look in pictures, a different part of Windows, and that can't seem to find those photos. What's wrong? Well, you're, they're set up to be automatically looking for that path. The normal user path is if you take a look at your hard drive, is C colon backslash, and then there's a users directory where everybody's profile is stored, and under each profile, each user has their own documents, pictures, music, and so on. So Shutterfly is actually going right straight to that picture. Your best approach is to just open up Windows Explorer, not to be confused with Internet Explorer, and just do a copy from where they're located in that photo album right straight to that pictures folder, and then it will pick it right up and go. Uh, this This is a prime example of software attempting to make things easy for the end user, and instead of a actually forcing you to learn how to point that software to where it needs to go, you're stuck. So, yeah, you'll have to use the copy and the paste and have two copies on there, and then Shutterfly will pick it right up. And that can be a challenge, I think, with a lot of other programs. We've talked about it specifically in Windows 10, and I find this really maddening. 
I, I have Adobe Acrobat. I use it at my full-time job. I'm in the printing business during the week, so I use it all the time. But uh, Windows 10 will just not l- allow me to link up and open up PDFs in Acrobat. I've got to fool around a little bit. I've got to open Acrobat, and I've got to open the file. It never was that way. But this, this gets to the point of what this gentleman had to say about photos. This can get tricky trying to get the right program to find the right files. That, that can take a little fooling around. There has been some changes in 10 that we actually have now lost some things that I became accustomed to that were back in XP. And I'm not certain what the philosophy is here. I, I know we want to move forward and, and, and we like the slick look of Windows 10, but some of the basic functions that people are used to, I got a feeling that in six months, they're going to come back out and introduce it as an upgrade. Well, we had it 15 years ago. And I think that that's what you're getting to. This Adobe issue, this is where Microsoft, I think, truly falls down. If you're using Acrobat, you should be able to set that as the default and right. keep it as the default. Problem is Windows 10, is in its own infinite wisdom, makes decisions after you've got things set. And I, I think a lot of people are having issues with the fact that things are just changing. Yeah, and I have tried and tried and tried. I, I can't figure out how to do it. It's, it's uh, a Especially tough. when it's an attachment in an email and you want to hit click. Once upon a time in Windows 8, it would open up in Acrobat, but it doesn't. It opens in that other program they've got, that, that PDF viewer that they have. Well, what you're supposed to do here where they're guiding your business is they're guiding you to say, okay, you got to have 365 up in the clouds. Then it's all solved. Well, it wasn't a problem before. Why is it a problem? Right. See, it's it's the marketing push. It's a it's a passive aggressive move, in, in my opinion, to just get you up to the 365, and which they've had some serious issues with as well. Yeah, this is this is an ongoing issue, and people are sending in hundreds of thousands of emails complaining. I hope they respond. We want to go to the phone lines before we break. Let's bring in John from Montrose. John, you're on the air. Hello. Good afternoon. Uh, Doug, did you ever get a chance to check out Extra PC? You know, I didn't. I completely slipped my mind. I apologize. Do me a favor and send me an email. Uh, just send it to admin, A-D-M-I-N, at WCCOTech.com, and in the subject line, put in Radio Matter, and then I'll know it's you, and I'll pick it up and absolutely get back to you personally. Yeah, th- thanks for the call on that. And uh, we get uh, request time from time if people have heard of this, if it's reputable, that sort of thing. And and Doug's willing to do that, but uh, uh, send him an email. And by the way, we'll have Doug's uh, phone number and email uh, at the end of the program today as well. We're going to take a break right now, but we want to throw out the phone numbers. 651-989-9226. That's good for a phone call or a text. 651-989-9226. Tech Talk with Doug continues from the fair in a moment. It is Tech Talk from the fair. Doug Swin, I heard here. My name is Steve Thompson. Big thanks to the folks helping behind the scenes. Susan Blanche here at the fair, our producer on site. And in the studios downtown, Jonathan Lowe, as always, a little bit later in the day. Jonathan's going to be getting us up to date on the college football scoreboard. Here we go. Uh, Next week, St. Thomas and Trinity open the season. And you'll hear it here with Eric and Dave Lee on the play-by-play. 
once again next Saturday. And, uh, Doug, uh, Doug, you'll be back in two weeks when the Tommies are off here on Tech Talk. Uh, we have a number of calls and texts. Here's that phone number again, 651-989-9226. And uh, you can text that same number, 651-989-9226. We have a gentleman here at the fair who wants to talk to Doug. Uh, sir, your name and where are you from? Uh, Mike, and I'm from Dayton. So, Doug, you do great work. First of all, you've done a couple of jobs on my computers. Thank you. This is a Google Chromebook question. Okay. Can you uh, attach a printer or uh, install a printer to Google Chromebook? Yeah. Just go into the settings and set up Cloud Print. Piece of cake. And a second Google Chromebook question. Can you put LeBray on it? Uh, it's built in already under the docs. Oh, it is. Um, the Google Drive, so to speak, when you open up a, a doc, a spreadsheet, a PowerPoint, it it's like it was designed to go with LeBray or OpenOffice. Same format, same layout. Um, some This one you could actually install LeBray on, but you'd have to jump through hoops to convince the operating system, the Chrome operating system, to allow it. And really, with your Gmail account, which is a Google account now, you've got all the software built in. It's yep. not needed. Yeah, it, it, it's slick. I, I'll tell you what, uh, the Chromebook here at the fair, my wife, as I mentioned, bought one not that long ago. I've had this four years now. And you paid big money for this, though, right? Yeah, a little over 200 bucks oh, four years God. ago. How about yeah, that? I think I think <laughs> these things are really gaining acceptance in a real, real fast way. I'll bet you in the last two weeks, people call me, ask me what computer to buy, probably 15 went out and bought Chromebooks. If what they're using it for is internet, email, and they're gonna be doing some traveling, they're looking for a laptop or a portable, it really is a, a wonderful solution. And you can open docs, like yeah. you had, you had talked about, really a lot of the things you can do, and at that price point, it, it's really uh, hard to beat. And if you take care of the equipment, they're gonna last, and there's, there's a lot of brands. I have an HP, my wife picked up an HP, but uh, a lot of the manufacturers are, have Chromebooks, and we talk so much about operating systems. And the good news is uh, you, you've got a fresh operating system every time you log in. Fire it up and just says, always new. In fact, Google actually advertised that for the first seven months that they sold the Chromebook and the Chromebox. And I, just overnight, that just went away. I think, I'm, I'm going to assume, that some other manufacturers were threatening lawsuits that you can't advertise, but it is. You turn it on, automatically goes to Google and freshens everything. So even though you had boots in a third of the time as a normal PC or a Mac, you, you got it all. You're ready to go. So if you uh, have something for Doug here at the fair you want to talk about, uh, step up uh, to the railing and we'll get you a mic. Uh, otherwise, phone number is 651-989-9226. Text line, same deal. 651-989-9226. Let's go to the phones. Dan in Monticello. Dan, you're on the air. Hello. Hello there. How are you guys doing? Good, thanks. Good. What's up, Dan? I got a Google Chromebook, an HP product. Okay. And le- last night it came for updates, and it came with a, a wash system on it to wash the laptop. Uh, could you, you repeat that for me, please? Okay. Uh, Last night, my uh, laptop came up with a wash for Google Chrome on my HP. A wash for Google Chrome? Yes. When you wa- I, I did some research on it. When you wash it, it completely wipes everything off 
Bring oh. you back to a brand new book. Yeah, um, that's a that's a reset. It, uh, are you sure you didn't instruct it to do this? Well, it said this is an update, so I clicked on my update. Yeah. And this is what happened. Well, but you didn't lose any data, right? I didn't. I didn't finish it yet either. Uh, oh no! Let it run. All your okay. data is safe that you had saved in uh, photos, for example, and Drive. What this is doing is it's just merely cleaning the operating. Unless the o- my understanding is the only time that this will operate on its own is if it finds something extremely dangerous, and that would have required some additional extensions be installed in the browser. A file that was saved on Drive that had a worm virus. Google is going to detect that and and do whatever it can to protect you and the integrity of the entire Google grid. So that's um, but that's strange. Let it run. I think you'll be okay. Yeah, and Doug, that that's I think one of the confusing things about a Chromebook or can be is that really all your stuff lives up in the cloud. Exactly. You know your contacts. All, all your browsing history, all of that sort of stuff. I don't necessarily need to have this machine here. If so, if, if this fell off the table and shattered on the floor, I could grab a new Chromebook from the back room if we had one back there and log on and all my stuff would still be there. It, 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 it's not living on a hard drive. The only thing, from my understanding, that lives... Uh, on what small hard drive there is are some videos that I've downloaded when I travel. That's exactly correct. So if I'm correct. on a plane and I want to watch a movie, I'll download a movie to it. And there is enough hard drive space to do that. But other than that, all your stuff, the beauty of it is, lives up in the cloud so you don't have to fool around. Many people, when they're first exposed to this, Steve, they're they're like, it up. well, I don't want my data up there for anybody looking. Nobody can see it, first of all. Up in the cloud on a Google server or iCloud... Um, or Mosey or any of these others that do backups, that, that this is 100% safe in my opinion, and you have nothing to worry about. Once you really grasp the concept of how Google works and you allow that to be the hub, you never have to worry about syncing your data between different devices. It's just there. I recently bought a new um, Samsung phone. As I'm walking out of the store, I'm plugging in my accounts. By the time I get to my car, Contacts are in, all my emails coming in. By the time I actually get home, it's like I've owned this phone for a year. Then it was just a matter of learning the new operating system and getting rid of old apps and getting new, which came pretty quick. But having Google as the hub of your central storage, it's once you understand it and can work with it, it's well worth the effort. All right, we've got a break. We've got more Tech Talk from the fair coming up. We'll have the weather momentarily. We'll go to the phone lines. Uh, We have a gentleman waiting there, and we promise we'll get to that phone call with Mike in Minneapolis. We'll get to the text line as well. Here's the number, 651-989-9226. Tech Talk with Doug from the fair here on CCO. It is Tech Talk on a Saturday from the fair. Final Saturday of the fair. My time flies. Doug Swinhart is here. Here's that number again. 651-989-9226. That's good for calls or texts. For all our programs on CCO, Dave Lee in the morning news, Corey Hapala, Chad Hartman, Paul and Jordana, Mike Max, Henry Lake, all our great weekend programming. That is the number for calls and texts. 651-989-9226. 9226. Let's go to the phone lines again. Let's bring in Mike in Minneapolis. Mike, you're on the air with Doug. Hi, guys. Hi, Mike. Hi. What's up? 
I um, I just purchased a refurbished laptop. It's a Dell Latitude, and it's about 10 years old. Um, I got it at a place called Free Geek in South Minneapolis. They recycle computers and okay. training and stuff. It's uh, Anyway, um, they put the Ubuntu. I don't know if I'm saying that oh, right. Oh, you bet. Ubuntu. They, they put that on all the things that they sell after they refurbish them. And I'm just wondering if if that is going to, you know, serve me well, or if you would recommend a different. Uh... Yeah, yeah. U- Ubuntu is um is actually considered a baseline distribution. It's built on the original Debian, uh, which is the most popular Linux server software in the world. And the, my only problem with Ubuntu and why I go with Linux Mint which, by the way, is built on Ubuntu, is the interface for Windows users is just such a easy transition to go from Windows to Linux Mint or Linux Lite. There are several distributions that lay out the screen so it's just a piece of cake. You may want to go to linuxmint.com and just take a look at their distributions. On the age of your computer, I would recommend that you stick to an XFCE desktop. It's less resources, run faster, be much more responsive. The cinnamon and the gnome may drag the computer down a bit. Uh, got more glitz and more glamor, but a 10-year-old laptop in Inspiron, you put um, Linux Mint XFCE on it, it will run like the wind. And I think you might get along a little better with, uh, with the actual uh, graphical user interface. And thank you for the call. All right, that is a good one, but uh, good job uh, reusing this old equipment. I buying love hearing out. that. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's something we bring up on the program a lot. These old computers don't need to go on the scrap heap. Oh, my, no. You know, and the thing is, we, we cannot, as a, as a civilization, continue to just pile up these heaps and mountains of garbage. That will never go away. And that's my concern is, you know, well, we're getting by with it now, but how about 50 years from now? When our children are looking around and we don't even know what the effect of this is going to be at this point. But it can't be good. It just can't. So use that equipment. It's solid-state circuitry. Put a $30 solid-state drive in, install Linux, and let the good times roll for another 10, 15 years. Yeah, why not? Especially if you're doing simple tasks, you're out on the Internet, etc. Really a great, great option. By the way, our number is 651-989-9226. We're going to be going to the text line. We're going to buzz through those shortly. But let's bring in Mike from Hopkins. Mike, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Steve. Um, I've got a question for you. Or for okay. Your guests. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I forgot your name. Oh, oh Doug. Yeah, yeah, I'm Doug. Yeah, nice Doug, to meet I'm you. Sorry. I'm Doug. Um, it, it's a Windows 7 obsolete you still use them i i don't think so but but i wasn't ready to let go of xp either um i when they say it's no longer valid we're going to shut it down they, they really don't have a legal right to just take your computer and shut it off which they can't do what they're talking about is there will be no more phone support there will be no more updates which i i'm not so certain you're even going to need them if you completely, completely shore up all of the holes that Windows is known for, get rid of all the security risks, um, install different software so you have no, and I can make you almost invisible on the Internet. 
Um, and I'm trying to get my website so to give you a step-by-step do-it-yourself type thing. And if I get time, I will get it done. But no, I don't want people to think that after January, their seven is just not even going to turn on anymore. That's not what's going to happen. Um, I think seven is a mature operating system. It's fast. It's lean. Um, I believe it's just as clean as 10 if you put it together properly and get it configured. I, um, I, I, I don't like the fact that Microsoft is scaring their people into motivating them to buy a new computer because of software. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and there are options. At some point, you can move on. You, you brought up the Linux installs, sure. etc. There are ways to keep that computer going if you decide to segue away from Windows. Absolutely. And uh, Linux is probably your best alternative, especially with an older piece of equipment. If you take a couple hours and learn how to create a bootable media, USB or DVD drive, look at YouTubes and watch how to install it, and have a plan in place before you begin and make certain you have at least two copies of all important data. Just let the good times roll. Uh, worst case scenario is you have to start fresh and do it again. Maybe you have to do it three, four times. Allocate some time. It is worth it in the end. Trust me. All right, to the text line, uh, we're going to finally get there. With Thanks for all the calls, by the way. We've had a couple of folks stop up here at the fair. My Lenovo laptop doesn't stay up. I've tried removing the battery, pushing the start button in for 30 seconds. I've also tried a new power cord. Any ideas what could be going on, why I can't get this thing to power up? That's really bizarre. I, I If that was um, on my bench, I think in this particular case to start the testing, I would take it into the BIOS, also known as the setup, and just let it sit there and see if it shuts down. If it does, it very well could be a heat issue. Then you got to start taking it apart and looking at fans or figuring out what is happening that shouldn't be happening. Uh, but don't even take it into an operating system. Take it right to the setup or the BIOS. And I think on most Lenovo's, towards the back left corner, there's a small little button that you hold in, possibly with an ink pen, when you hit the power button, and it will take you right into the setup. Um, and just change nothing. Just see if it shuts off in there. If it doesn't, then we know we got some work to do in the operating system, and you've got something strange happening that should not. Something's telling this computer to turn down. If it's not hardware, then it's software, it's fixable. But that's, uh, I like these Lenovo's. I'm having really good luck with them. From our text line, Doug, is it okay and safe to disable automatic disk check Windows 7? It's causing issues because I newly installed Windows 10. Now I have 7 and 10 hard drives in my desktop Dell. Yeah, this is, uh, I know what he, what this individual is dealing with. This is, um, it, it, it's like the computer will not release the original operating system. Um, part of what the manufacturer's configured were these resets. And I'm seeing a small percentage of these computers during the Windows 10 changeover or upgrade uh, that will maintain both operating systems. It, a determination is gonna have to be made as to which operating system you wanna go with. Completely strip the drive after you make sure your data is protected and reinstall from the uh, fresh install of one or the other. And that's the only thing that's going to clean that up at this point. This is an ugly, ugly thing. 
uh, and Microsoft's aware of it. I don't know if they're working hard at it, but that they just can say, well, just reinstall it. That the confusing part here is once you install Windows 10, your Windows 7 product key and license is supposed to be invalid. Here is not quite the case because the it actually has not completed the task. So you might be able to go back to 7. If it was me, unless you have Windows 10 Pro, I'd go right back to 7. But that's personal opinion, and good luck. Good text. All right, here's another text before we break. By the way, our number is 651-989-9226. I have uh, 8.1, and not all updates from Windows downloads. Any way to get caught up? Any way to fix that? I'm not sure they're necessary. I'm... Um, I would be wanting to know what updates you're missing, and it very well could be that they're already in your computer in the cache. Uh, here again, I would be pulling out that old program, GWX Control Panel, and once you open that up on the right side, it talks about clearing the update cache. That would really be the only thing you'd have to, to run. Might take a little while. Sometimes it even appears that your computer's frozen. Just be patient and wait. Once that's done, restart at least three times, giving Windows an opportunity to pick up any of the remnants from the update. I think those updates are already there. It's just a question of having too many of them in your cache, and Microsoft operating system is trying to initialize them all at once. It's easy to confuse a computer. If you tell it to do the same task all at the same time, it will try to perform them. It just doesn't know any better. So once you got to clear those out, even if you've got to re-download, that should just come easy, easy. Um, Windows 8 is gaining popularity, Steve, by the way. Huh. I'm, uh, I'm kind of amazed at the number of people that are coming in and saying, well, you know, I had 10. I want my 8 back. So I'm, I'm actually unwinding them, putting them back to the 8, which is an interesting thing. Most people think they got to have the latest and the greatest. And I think they're starting to come to the conclusion that maybe the new one isn't as good as the one I have. And I always remind people in computers, my philosophy, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Just play with it. Just keep it running and just work with it as is. Nobody needs to be a professional programmer to operate a computer. Just be patient, let the machine do its thing, and it should all come out for you at the end. All right, quick break. We have more tech talk from the fair. Doug Swinhart is here, and we've got a lot more techs to get to. They've really piled up now, and we're going to try to squeeze in as many of those as we can in a moment here on CCO. Nine minutes now in front of two tech talk with Doug here at the fair. By the way, Doug's phone number and email at the end of the program, Sports Saturday. Eric Nelson is on the grounds. We'll kick it around. We'll talk twins, bikes, gophers. Uh, Jonathan Lowe with our first college football scoreboards of the season. Uh, coming up uh, a little bit later on, Henry Lake, final pitch. Twins and Tigers, game two of the four-game set on this holiday weekend from Motown coming up. Our coverage once again at four with Henry. First uh, pitch of the game with Corey Provost, Dan Gladden at five. 10 today. Let's go to the phone lines quick. Let's bring in Linda from Vadness Heights. Linda, you're on the air with Doug. Well, hi, um, Doug. I certainly enjoy your program, and I look forward to it every Saturday. Thank you. I've got a question about a 2007 desktop. Okay. Now, the original email, I've had several times to change 
my sign-ons. And I'm, I've got information on my original uh, email that I'd really like, like to have access to. Is there any way to do that? Yeah, um, that was probably set up as a POP3 account. Um, once you get a Gmail account, a Gmail is what's called IMAP or web-based. And give me a call, and we'll go back into that old computer, connected to the Internet, one more time, connect the Gmail account within your email client, and just copy the folders over, and that will push them back up to the cloud underneath your Gmail account. Been through this a thousand times over the years. If you have trouble with that, just give me a call. It'll take us minutes to correct. Yeah, it, it is one of those things where you get these old email accounts and getting them all under one is a great way to go. And a lot of folks have a work email that they need to keep separate. And then I have a couple of personal email accounts that, that I've used over the years, an old Yahoo account that I still use. And then I've got kind of my main personal Gmail. And if you link those two together underneath, it, it makes it super easy. But Doug will walk you through that, Linda. Uh, we'll have Doug's phone number and email in a moment. From the text line, let's get to some of these. Um, I just did the Windows 10 upgrade. Now whenever I try to sign in, my system reboots. What's going on? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, you originally had your computer set up as a local profile. Windows 10 actually promoted that you set up an online account. The two accounts are using different credentials. This is going to get hairy. Um, I've actually had machines that were so confused that we had to reinstall Windows. This, this is going to take a call. Um, yeah, this is um, another more than often occurrence that should not take place. But this is a, a misunderstanding of credentials and the difference between a local and a web account. Uh, yeah, this is ugly. All right, here's an important one before we run out of time at the end of the program. I'm running Windows 7. What antivirus do you recommend at this point? We well, get this a lot. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of malware bytes and if uh, Check out ESET, E-S-E-T, all capital letters. Uh, both top, top shelf companies. Uh, Bitdefender's right up there. A lot of good antivirus. I always tell people today I would prefer to do business with a United States company. Somebody that's been around a while, has a reputation, even if it costs a couple more dollars. Remember, our labor is higher. I also think that we do better work, but I'm biased. So malware bytes or ESET would be my first two. Uh, Bitdefender would be right next. And good luck. All right, but that, that is important with Windows 7 to have a paid Absolutely. antivirus. Yep. So keep that in mind. Uh, once again, another one from the text line. Uh, this is really a good one. I haven't used my laptop in eight months. I have a smartphone. I've been able to do everything I need to do. I want to fire it up. What should I do when I fire up that laptop that hasn't been touched in eight months i think the first thing i would do is to make certain that i'm not connected to the internet and let it boot up fully just give it a couple minutes to run before you connect it to the internet once you connect it to the internet make absolutely certain that your antivirus any malware is up to date and other than that just go for it you got nothing to lose at this point um this is probably a lot more computer than i think you realize and that would be a prime candidate 
to turn into a Linux machine. All right, real quick, and we're running out of time. How do you shut off the Internet if it's already directed to a Wi-Fi in the house? How do you prevent it from connecting to the Internet? Most computers will have an external switch. Sometimes it's the FN key and an F key, okay. a little switch on the side. Worst case scenario, shut off your router if, if it's absolutely necessary. All right, we got to run. Phone number and email, Doug. What do you got? Thank you. 651-552-9543. WCCOTech.com. WCCOTECH.com. 651-552-9543. And thanks for having me, Steve. All right, Doug. Great to see you at the fair. Tommy Football next Saturday. We'll see you in two weeks. Excellent. All right, Tech Talk with Doug. Saturdays here at 1 at CCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.